This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their Survive This Rules take a cue from the old-school games of yore and combine them with a stripped-down but easy-to-understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from super-powered menaces, the Survive This System is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out the these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at blokegames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloke Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here, hope you're all doing well. We're not going to have any more snow, but I think it's going to re- get ready to melt off if it gets any warmer, I hope, I hope. So you got a uh, game coming up mm, soon, I think tomorrow maybe. Right now we're kind of stuck at home as usual. So one thing I saw yesterday that I really should... No, it's another. It's another how to run the adventure thing. I, I saw on the internet, and it applies to there. An I was seeing a video where they were analyzing screenwriting. They were using the movie Chinatown, one of my favorite films, and how the screenwriter Robert Town goes about how how the script works, how the story works. And some of it can be applied to doing, uh, doing, writing an adventure. Remember me talking about things like backstories and exposition. Those of you late to the show, exposition is the story, how it gets explained to the characters. It's something that happens in every form of entertainment, from plays to movies to radio to whatever. Anyway, I find that it, it, it brought, it brought a, up a point about that. Remember me talking about how you should break the backstory or whatever, whatever story the, the, the narrative needs into multiple NPCs or distribute it and just make it kind of flowing? It brought another thing up that I thought was interesting that you probably sh- should do. They said one point, you take make conflict part of the backstory. In other words, that's how characters find out some stuff. And at the same time, you've got some action to go with it. I know I'm kind of taking a backdoor explanation of this, but I'm trying to sort it out in my head myself. So it's it's like you can take part of the backstory, part of the exposition, and put it into an encounter scene. Remember, all encounters don't have to be fights. They they could be encounters, role-playing encounters. They could be any other encounters. You know, anything from a kidnapping to a heist to a whatever. It doesn't have to be dry, 
things like NPCs explaining the to the player characters or box text or something like that. It can happen during, say, a fight. Say, during an encounter where you're being attacked by, by I don't know, orcs. And during the fight, I do stuff. That this, is, this is what I love about, about things like rolls, stat rolls and things like that, is you can actually do them in the middle of a fight. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you're fighting. Okay, say some player characters, about four player characters are fighting four orcs. And as they're fighting, one of the guys... One of the guys hits this orc for so much damage. Another guy hits, you know, he backstabs this one orc. And I'd like to do stuff. Say that, say the thief is trying to, to maneuver for a backstab. Okay, make yourself roll. Fine, he doesn't see you, blah, blah, blah. And then you make it a perception check or intelligence check or whatever you use to notice something on this target. Like, it, you notice there is a a small round patch on the vest he's wearing that looks really familiar. And you leave it at that. And then you let him be backstab, say that the fight's over. And then afterwards, I go, remember that patch? Make an intelligence roll. You know this patch is a sign of this one house in this one city. That's a merchant coster house and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on from there. That way, they can get part of the backstory, or if they they do defeat the orcs and they have one alive and they can interrogate him, they can you can get more more of the exposition through that orc if they play their cards right. See, this is one again. Once again, this is like the way I like to play things: is you give them just enough information to want more, which results to me in more rolls. Now, like I said, I don't like R-O-L-L playing, role-playing. But at the same time, I use it. I use the roles for them to dig further. I encourage them to dig further. Because they're only going to get so much information out of a cursory glance at anything. They want to figure out something. You know, you start. they start making the roles. And it's, it's just a great way of furthering the story, furthering the adventure. Because this is this is what the player characters do. And I don't like to hand things to anybody in a game. I don't like to just hand it to them. I may make them I may give them a noticing something at the beginning of an encounter or some other thing. I, I'll give sometimes I'll give it to them for free. But after that, it costs them in rolls. And so I, I just think it's the, the best way to go, and I think that's a, the best thing to do. So next time you're... So think about putting the... Not only having NPCs who can tell st- them stuff, think about putting the, the information in a conflict. It's almost like I want every every encounter that the player characters do, I want them to learn something about what they're doing or something. I think it's a good learning experience for the, for the characters. So 
Think about that. Well, I go start my day, okay? All right, if you want to talk about this or anything else, oldmangrognar.gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. And thanks again to my supporters, Jonathan Dorje, Wendell, Justin Oliver, Shriek, Gilbert Soares, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, John Allen Large, and Michael Tompkins. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my fair friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. And so, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.